0: For those of you joining with us, this marks the second week of Advent. And uh, if you're new to Christianity or new to church, Advent uh, is an anticipation. It means in the original language, an anticipation or a coming. And uh, we in the church, we celebrate the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day are known as Advent. And every single week, we take a look at a different attribute that Jesus Christ brings into the world, not only on December 25th, but in every single day of our lives for those of us who believe in him and call him Savior. And uh, last week, we lit the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. This week, we light the second candle, which is that known as Peace. And how appropriate for all of us, as Christmas begins to get closer, I'm sure like me, this week you start saying, Christmas is two weeks away, I've got to make sure that I get the invitations out, the Christmas cards out, I've got to make sure that I get all the presents, the lists, I've got to make sure we have our travel plans set. And many times, those of us who run through that hustle and bustle, um, we tend sometimes to rush up to December 25th, and we miss the moment. Well, here today, I pray that you join with me as we light the second candle of Advent, the candle of peace to remember the peace that only Christ can bring into your life, more importantly, into the world. We continue our study today. I won't need this. We continue our study today, um, our message series entitled The Hidden of of Christmas, And if you're just joining with us, we've been taking a look at the Christmas story. And last week we took a look at a young girl by the name of Mary. And we took a look at the reality of the story. The Christmas story is simple. And we go and we go to the movies. In fact, I was just at the movies the other day watching a movie uh, on the Christmas story. And I remember sitting there through the first few minutes and I remember kind of chuckling because if you have done any historical research or studied um, specifically this story, you know that it is anything but simple. You know that there were costs associated with this story. And last week we saw the costs that Mary was faced with when the angel said, you are going to have a son. And today we're going to take a look at a whole different group of people. And to be honest, this is one of my favorite weeks of the Christmas story because this group of people we're about to talk about, I can relate to. This group of people, um, I can resonate with more than any others. And what God does with this group of people shows me the character, the love, the peace of Christ in a way that I've never seen before. In order to set this up, um, you know, the truth in the Christmas season is that moments matter. Moments matter. What makes a moment different than any other? We make thousands of decisions every single week. Why is it that in our memory banks, when we live our lives, why is it that there's only a few specific moments that stand out? You know, when an eight-year-old goes to bat with the bases loaded and the game on the line, that moment mattered. When a mom has a two-year-old at the table and is thinking about her financial pressures and takes her focus off for one second and the two-year-old dumps the bowl of spaghetti on his head and the sauce falls on the white carpet. That moment mattered. It stood out. When a 40-year-old realizes that time matters, that moment matters. When a senior citizen has to ask their five-year-old grandson to come over and help them figure out their smartphone. That moment matters. But what makes those moments stand out? What makes those moments different than others? We're going to take a look in God's word today. And we're going to see another moment like those. And we're going to really begin to understand what makes moments matter. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Luke. Um, Or if you have your iPads or iPhones, you can turn there as well. Luke is one of the gospels. It's in the New Testaments in the second half of your Bibles. And it tells specifically the ministry life, birth life of Jesus Christ. And today we're going to jump back into this Christmas story in Luke chapter two, beginning in verse eight. And the individuals that I was talking about are known affectionately, as the shepherds. And the shepherds are out in the field, and a moment is going to happen. Here we go. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Let me give you a little bit of history on The shepherds. Um, I love the shepherds, uh, mainly because maybe I'm the only one in the room, but when I think of the Christmas story, I do think of those Christmas pageants. I remember being in a Christmas pageant. I remember being a sixth grader holding a shepherd's staff and thinking to myself, when I get to eighth grade, I'm going to be Joseph. I'm not going to be a lowly shepherd. There's all of us. I mean, they put everyone as a shepherd. I mean, even he got to be a shepherd. I mean, what does that say about me? Truth of the matter is, that's what people thought about shepherds the reason why shepherds had a very, very poor reputation was really simple if you really think about it. See, the Jewish people, they were required to go to the temple and to make sacrifices on a consistent basis. But if you chose a profession as a shepherd, in essence, you chose not to be that spiritual, not to have that close a relationship with God. Why? In order to be a really great shepherd, you've got to do what? Watch your sheep. You've got to stay with them. You begin talking to them. Let's be honest. It gets lonely as a shepherd. And all of a sudden, you see individuals walking by, and you say, where are you going? And they say, we're going to the temple to offer our sacrifice because that's what God requires. You shepherds aren't going? We can't. And so all of a sudden, in that historical period, people looked at shepherd as the lowliest because they chose to have a relationship outside of what God would want. And so here you have a group of individuals, the lowliest of lowly, the broken individuals. In fact, dare I say, like some of you feel in this room today, I kind of relate the shepherds as if you're sitting in this room and you say, you know, Terry, in this last year, I haven't been to church much. And, and if you know me, church is not a building, church are the people. And so what I'm really saying is, you know, Terry, the truth is my relationship with God is not really strong this year. I haven't been really consistent. If I'm honest, when I come into this room, I really focus, but then when I leave, I've got my life, craziness. I got family, I got kids, and it just really, really. So if you were to ask me on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably like a four or three. So I feel like the shepherds. If you're in this room and you say, Terry, the truth is it's a miracle I'm here because I only come on Christmas and Easter and someone dragged me here today. You might feel like a shepherd, but I want you to tune in Very closely. I want maybe for the first time in your life for you not to walk into these doors feeling guilt. I want you to know that this story is about you. And these shepherds represent you. And I want you to see how God interacted with these shepherds. Take a look and see what happened to the lowliest of the lowest in a field. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. Now I could, let me explain what just happened and we can pray, say amen and go home. Some of you don't shout amen. I know you'd like that, but here's the truth. Do you realize what really occurred in that moment? There had been 400 years of silence between God and man. You had prophets all throughout the Old Testament. If you ever open up the Bible, you take a look at different books of the Bible. They are letters. They are specific books about prophets. And these prophets, God spoke to these prophets. The prophets spoke to the people. That was a relationship between God and man. And all of a sudden, somewhere between the Old Testament and the New Testament, God went silent for 400 years. Could you imagine that? Our country isn't near that old. So for 400 years, God was absent in their minds from the people. And I love this because who does God choose to break the silence with? A lowly shepherd. The lowest of lowest. Not the person who is really close to God. But to a group of people who feel as if they don't matter. Because everyone else looks at them with disdain. And God chose the shepherd. An amazing story. Continuing on. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That's important to me. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to not just some people, not just to the ones who I'm close to, not just to the ones who are of a certain type of specialty. But I bring great news that will bring you great joy. Yes, you shepherd, you. I bring great news to you. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. 400 years of silence, 400 years of darkness, broken by the angels, the army of heaven, choosing the lowliest of the shepherds with an amazing story to say somewhere there is a star and that star is casting a light on a place in Bethlehem where the savior of the world is going to be born. And you shepherds are about to be in a moment between me and you. You shepherds are about to have one of the greatest blessings of all time. And I want to see you to see the moment that the shepherds are about to see. Take a look at this. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, pause. Now I love doing this with scripture. If you are, if you've never read the Bible, I love inserting myself into the shoes of the shepherds because if you've ever read the story, you know, what's about to come next. And we read through the story, and it's a simple story. A group of shepherds, they see the angels. Wow, isn't this great? All right, let's go and see the child. And they go and see the child. But we don't pause to think about who they are and what they were facing. These are the <laughs> angels who were together, and something just incredible happened. And all of a sudden, angels speak and say, we want you to go and go to Bethlehem, and we want you to see this miracle, this miracle of God. The truth is, when I insert myself into the Bible, I'd love to say that if I was those shepherds, I would listen to the angels, and I'd go directly to Bethlehem. I'd be excited, isn't this amazing? I'm going to see a bunch of animals. I'm going to see the child. It's going to be great. But the truth is, I probably wouldn't have done it. Do you want to know why I know this? Because I think myself and I think everyone in this room have had moments where God shows up, And we're sitting alone in our car. We're laying down in our bed at night. We're saying, God, speak to me. And all of a sudden, God's voice, his silent voice, hits our heart. He says, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing this. You know, you should call that person. You know, you should stop this. And God speaks, and a moment happens all the time in my life, in your life. And what do we do with those moments? The moment that God shows up and says, Terry, this is a moment. I'm speaking to you. I'm about to change the course of your life if you just listen And so right now you're pausing, right now you're asking for my peace, right now you want to listen and I'm speaking to you. And so here it is, Terry, here's the moment. What are you going to do with it? And the truth is there are many, many times when God speaks and I choose to miss the moment. I choose to think, well, God, that wasn't you. I choose to think, well, there's nothing special about what just I heard well, you know, I had that thought in my head, but you know what? The truth is it'd be too difficult. It'd be too hard. Hard. There's too much to push. Around. No, there's no way I can do this. We, you see, God speaks. The moment happens and all of a sudden we take God out and we start thinking with our sensibilities and we say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. All of us begin to doubt the moment. The shepherds are there. The star appears. They see a great light and all of a sudden it's gone. And do you know what happens? I think the shepherds look, they were faced with a decision. Is there something really special about that star? Did I really see what I just think I saw? I've spent too much time in the fields with the sheep. I'm going crazy. That's what I would have been thinking. You see, when God speaks and God wants a moment, here's what we do sometimes. The doubt that we have inside speaks. And here's what hidden doubt says. They won't believe me. It's not real. Nothing, nothing will change. I opened up our message today by saying, what makes a moment special. I think a moment is special when it brings change in our life. I think we reflect to a moment when we think, wow, I didn't realize what really happened in that moment, but it changed my life. Do you notice what we do when God wants to have a moment? We say nothing will change and we miss the moment. It won't get any better. And many of you in this room, Okay, shepherds in this room on the balcony watching online, many of you think this. God wouldn't choose to do this, speak this, make this happen in me. But if you're sitting in this room, and I'm talking to myself, and if you really believe in Christmas, if you really believe in the power of Christ, if you really believe that that day is more special because of that moment than anything in history outside of his death and resurrection, if you really believe that, then should we listen to our hidden doubt? When God speaks throughout the year, should we say, God, I can't, God, nothing will change? You see, we're faced with a decision. Either we will believe with our hidden doubt or we will believe in the power of Christmas. You can't have both. You can't doubt and you can't believe in Christmas. If you're sitting in the room today and you say, Terry, you know what? The truth is I want I want it to be different. I want the moment to be different. Then here's what faith says between you and I. Faith says I can't, but he can. Faith says I doubt it, but I'll do it. Pause. Some of you need to write that down. Faith says, I doubt it, but I'll do it. What do you think faith is? When God speaks in the moment and says, Terry, I want you to do this. What do we do? God, I don't think that's possible. God, you crazy? God, that's, that's nuts. There's no way this can happen. But you know what, God? Okay, I'll take a step of faith. And I'll see what you can do. How many of you have done that and you've been amazed by what God can do and you have to come back and say, God, I apologize. That was incredible. Faith says, I doubt it, but I'll do it. Faith says, look beyond the past and present to what he can do. Some of you need to not allow the past to paralyze your future. And this Christmas, God wants you to move forward and God wants you to make a choice or a decision or a moment that will advance your future. But you keep grabbing onto the past and you're allowing the past to paralyze your future. Some of you need to stop grabbing onto the past and start believing in the power that he has for your future. Could you imagine if the shepherds, and I'm almost done, so hang with me. Could you imagine what the shepherds would have missed Had they believed in their past, had they believed in who they were, there was no way they would have gone to Bethlehem. Because why in the world would a God that we're not close to, that we don't go and sacrifice to, that everyone has told us because you don't sacrifice to God, you are going to be separated from God for eternity and God doesn't care about you. Why would that God want us to be the messengers of an incredible story? And so I got to be honest, people. If I was a shepherd in that moment, I'd have missed it and I'd have stayed in the fields. But I love the shepherds. And I want you to see what the shepherds did. Take a look at this. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go. Let's see this thing that has happened, which God has told us about. Let's go. When God speaks, do you say, let's go? When God says you need to stop, do you say, I'll do it? When God says you need to call, do you do it? When God says you need to make a change, do you say, yes, I will go? Or do you at one side of your mouth say, I believe in Christmas. It's amazing. God is good. And the other side, when God says you need to do something, say, I'm sorry, God, I don't believe in the power of Christmas. I don't believe it's real. Because that's what we do. Many of us love to play both sides, but the truth is you can't have it that way. Either you believe in the power of Christmas or you don't. And some of us in this room need to make a decision. Am I going to listen to what God has to say to me and trust Him and believe that He can change my life? Or am I going to continue to be paralyzed by my past? The shepherd's story doesn't end there. It says this They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And I love this. But Mary kept all these things. And in the NIV, it says treasured. Mary treasured this in her heart and thought, thought about it often. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down one simple message I've been preaching most of my life. God doesn't use perfect people God uses broken people for his glory. And the message of the shepherds is God chose broken people. He, told, he chose individuals, not with a great relationship with him, individuals who doubted him at times. God showed up in a moment and gave them an opportunity to trust him. And because the shepherds trusted him, God showed up in their lives and it changed the course of their lives. Those shepherds are recorded in history forever because they decided to trust God. Here's what I sit at home with and when God speaks, here's what I know. Write this down. The truth is still the truth no matter who or what it comes from. When God speaks, it's truth. The truth is still the truth no matter where it comes from. The truth is still the truth no matter where it comes from. The truth is still the truth no matter what time it comes in Many times I go, Well, that can't be God. That can't be God. That can't be God. That can't be God. No, why? Why can't it be God? Because if it was God, that means I have to work hard. Last week, if you were here, you remember what I said that you have to hustle sometimes in our faith. That faith doesn't come easy, but that you have to trust Him and that you have to work. And God rewards our actions. So here's the question for all of us today Are you in the fields? where are you in Bethlehem? If you were the shepherd, where would you be today? Husbands, if you were one of those shepherds, the way and the manner in which you lead your life, the way that you're a part of your family, if God showed up, does the evidence of your life say, I would have made the choice and I would have trusted God or today, honestly, in your heart, would you say, Terry, the truth is I'm living my life in such a way where I would have stayed in the field. God wants us to be in Bethlehem. Christmas is more than a date. Christmas is more than a checklist. Christmas is more than a meal. Christmas is more than a church service. Christmas is a moment. And there's no doubt why you are here this moment. Because God speaks to the shepherds. And he wants this moment to be amazing in your life. The gift of Christmas is a moment between God and man. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I close. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them my greatest prayer for my life this Christmas season, I told some of you two weeks ago, God really spoke directly to my heart. And here's what he said to me. He said, Terry, there is going to be a moment this Christmas between me and you. Are you focused enough not to miss it? Terry, you love Christmas more than anything. But is Christmas more than a date to you? Is Christmas more than a Christmas Eve service to you? Is Christmas more than just family to you? Is Christmas more than the time you get to open presents with your son? Terry, will you seize the moment of this Christmas? That's my message for Christmas. Will you stay in the fields or will you go to Bethlehem? Let's pray. Father, right now, I um, I thank you that your word says where two or more gathered, you are present. God, I'm just gonna be honest. There are a lot of individuals in this room and I know that I was one of them at one time that think they know you But if I were to ask him today, how much time do you spend reading God's word? Because according to you, when we read your word, we, in essence, spend time with you. And the only way to get to know someone is to spend time with you. And so, God, the only way for us to really have a close relationship with you is to have the Bible open for us to begin to read and understand, to pray. And God, the reason why I bring that up is not to guilt anybody in this room, but statistics don't lie that almost over 80% of people in this room have never read the Bible. In other words, over 80% of the people who say they are Christians in this room don't spend a lot of time with you. And God, I got to believe that was the shepherd. And God, you chose to speak to the shepherd. Just like right now, over 80% of the room, you are choosing to speak into their heart saying, no, I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. And so God, right now, I just ask in some way that they would not tune you out, that they would not just focus on their life, but instead they would realize this Christmas can be a miracle in their life if they just open their heart and say, God, what is it you want me to do? So God, I ask for change. I ask by your power that you'd open the eyes of the people in this room and that for many, for the first time in their life, they will stop making excuses. They will put down their pride. They will stop making justifications and they will finally look to you and say, God, you are real. And this moment, matters and God I ask that when you speak and when change happens I pray that it will change their families it will change their life it will change their future and that this Christmas would be one of the most amazing Christmases ever so Father I don't want to stay in the fields I want to go to Bethlehem, and I want to see what you have for me. So, Father, I pray that you bless every family, empower us, God, and may you receive the glory in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.